Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. We are here today with former UConn hockey captain, Wyatt Newpower. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Wyatt, and how's everything going? My pleasure. It's uh, going well. Just had a nice Thanksgiving uh, dinner with some family and uh, now just hanging out and, you know, getting ready to hopefully one day play hockey soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, how was your Thanksgiving and overall, how's your quarantine been and what have you been doing these past few months since your season last ended? Uh, quarantine's been quarantine, really. Um, played a lot of golf over the summer, uh, finding ways to get out of the house. Um, and then as of lately, it's just kind of getting back uh, into working out. Well, not getting back into working out, but working out, uh, skating, getting back on the ice with things opening up and um yeah it was just nice to have family in town uh, for thanksgiving um and it was nice to get a good good big meal definitely now you recently signed a contract with the cleveland monsters of the ahl and i want to congratulate you on that uh talk about signing your first any um pro contract and how, what's the return to play scenario like for the ahl because i know the nhl is having discussions about how they're going to return to play yeah, so, um, I mean, really it was kind of a dream come true to sign a pro contract. You know, I've been working my whole life to make it to this point um, and just give myself a shot to uh, continue to pursue the dream. And then uh, for the return to play, it's basically a target date of February 5th right now. And then the AHL is just going to kind of follow suit with what the NHL does here and um, just kind of play off, play off the way that things go uh, with the big league and, a lot of it is just relying on when fans can get into the building and um, when they can open up seats and ticket sales and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, February 5th right now is the date, and uh, we're hoping that it's able to stay. If not, come a little earlier maybe. And how do you mentally try to stay prepared for the season without a start set start date and plan? Yeah, it's definitely different, and it's difficult, um, but – it is what it is. I guess we've had to do it all summer. It's been a really long off season, but um, yeah, you're just kind of working because um, you know at some point you're going to have to be ready. So my mindset is just kind of kind of like being on call. You know, when you get the call and they're going to start things up, then you got to be ready. So um, you got to take a, take advantage of a lot of free time they have now to be able to make yourself ready um, for when that call comes because it could come as soon as like a week in advance. So you just kind of got to stay ready. Now, I want to start off talking about the beginning of your hockey career. You're from Minnesota. Uh, talk about growing up there, and how did you start playing hockey? Uh, yeah, um, I grew up in Hugo, Minnesota. Um, I had four siblings, two brothers and uh, two sisters, um, and we all played hockey. We had a rink in our backyard. My dad made a rink in our backyard every winter, and uh, that's where we learned to skate, and it just kind of took off from there and um, played for the same White Bear Lake Youth hockey organization my whole life growing up with all my friends um and that's just the way things are in minnesota is you you play for your local association then you go play public high school hockey um so it's, it's a cool experience to be able to play all those years with the same guys who are your best friends because you spend every day with them at the rink so um it's special to be able to do something like that and i have a lot of pride in um, white bear lake from spending my whole life there and playing there and uh, forming all my best friends so a lot of fun and um, you know I wish sometimes I wish I could go back and do it again. Now who was your favorite player growing up? 
Um, I, I love to watch Nicholas Lidstrom being close to, uh, growing up close to Michigan. Um, got to see a lot of Lidstrom and uh, Chelios and guys like that. Um, it was also fun to watch uh, guys on the Avalanche like Forsberg and uh, Foot and just some of those guys. And um, yeah, and just guys that were just so consistently dominant in the game. <clears throat> now, uh, before UConn, like you just said, you played for your high school at White Bear Lake. Uh, talk about what it was like to play there and what did you take away from your experience overall? Uh, yeah, I got to play four years there um, and form a great relationship with the staff. Um, and it was just, uh, it's a lot of fun being able to um, go to school uh, with the same guys that you've gone to school with your whole life and then go to the rink after school. Um, you basically just spend your whole day with them from, you know, 7 a.m. till 5 in the afternoon from hockey or from school to hockey. So, um, and then just learning from all the experiences that uh, the coaching staff that I played for had, uh, both my coaches played division one hockey. And so just being able to learn from them and, um, you know, kind of get experience and advice and still being able to keep, I have a great relationship with those guys still, and I still ask for advice and whatnot from them. So uh, it's really nice to be able to form those relationships with the experience. Now talk about the Minnesota high school hockey scene. It's pretty cool. I've seen some clips on YouTube. Uh, what was it like to be a part of it as a player? Yeah, it's, it's just formed into so much more since I've even uh, graduated and left. But uh, like I said, it's just that tradition of, uh, you grow up your whole life playing with the same kids and then you all go into high school and um, you're all pursuing the state championship, of course. And um, everybody wants to get to the XL Energy Center where the Wilds play and where they host that tournament. And um, yeah, I, it's kind of hard to explain because of how special it is, I guess, and how uh, it was normal for me. And um, so it's tough to explain that. But uh, yeah, I never had the, uh, the the chance to go to the state tournament there at the Wild Arena, but uh, my little brother got to go a couple of years ago, so it was cool to see my high school um, be able to return back to that tournament and get to watch him play. Is it weird? Because, you know, I, you played college in the East Coast. Is it weird trying to explain to some of your teammates just how big it is up in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's different because I played for pretty much one team my whole life until I got to UConn. And uh, a lot of the way things are out there, you play for a couple different prep schools and split seasons, and you're playing for multiple teams. And, um, yeah, so it's just different. Uh, the guys don't really understand it because they just, it's just different. It's a different way of uh, growing up and playing hockey. So, um, but it's cool. And it's, it's cool to be able to explain to those guys and uh, they, they want to know about it because they hear about it. Um, so it's, it's cool to watch it with them and be able to uh, talk to them about it and kind of let them know from an inside perspective. Now, how did your experience at White Lake prepare you for college hockey? Um, like I said, with the coaching staff there that had, Division one experience, um, you know, I think that was probably the biggest benefit I had was uh, guys that had been there before and knew what it took to get there, and um, knew what it took to be successful um, at that level. And just kind of having them as a guiding light, essentially, uh, really helped me grow up while playing for them and then be ready to step into UConn and make an impact. Now, talk about, about your recruiting process for a bit. Why did you choose to go to UConn versus other schools? Yeah, I guess mine was a little um, non-traditional, to be, uh, for lack of a better term. But uh, I wasn't really being recruited for, you know, not nothing too serious um, through high school. And uh, when I got to uh, my senior year, played the whole senior year, and I wasn't really being recruited uh, to college. I was 
at the time I was tendered to play in the uh, North American League up in Fairbanks. Uh, and then following my senior season, I made a or I committed to a team up in the British Columbia League in Vernon, British Columbia. Um, so I was I was set on going to juniors, um, and that that was what I wanted to do. And then I got a call while I was in gym class one day from Coach Pereira, uh, and he said introduced himself and said, "Hey, uh, we want to bring you out and have you for a visit." And there was a time uh, there was a tournament and boston that uh they were going to get me into because they had never seen me play before they had heard through uh relationships from uh nhl scouts that knew uconn needed a right-handed defenseman so they reached out to them and then um the staff at uconn reached out to me so they they had never seen me play so i went out there i toured the campus uh it was a beautiful campus i had a great time and then i got to play in a tournament out in boston and they were able to see me play and um, that was in may uh, of my senior year of high school 2016 so that happened and you know about two or three weeks later after uh talking to the staff and my family and whatnot I ended up committing to UConn to uh step right in after I graduated from high school so a little unconventional but um you know it was, a, it was an exciting time for sure and it happened fast which I think made it more exciting yeah I want to talk a little bit more about the coaching staff at UConn what was it like to play for Mike Kavanaugh, he seems like a great guy, and he seems like a very intense guy on the bench as well. Uh, I don't. He is intense, but it's because he has a lot of passion um, for the game and then for UConn especially. And um, you know, he's a smart hockey brain. He's been around for a lot of years. He's got a lot of experience uh, as well as his supporting staff um, and Tyler Helton and Joe Pereira, both guys that have Division One experience and uh, championship experience. So be able to play for those guys um, that have been doing it for a while and they've seen what works and what doesn't work. They've had the highs, they've had the lows and um, to be able to play for them at UConn uh, was a, was a blessing. And they're some really brilliant hockey brains. Now being a defenseman, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to your game and especially not playing juniors as well? Um, Probably the speed going from uh, high school hockey right into college. It was, definitely a way faster game and you just have bigger bodies moving at faster speeds. So uh, just being able to judge speeds and uh, be able to defend guys and judge their, uh, their speed and their movements. It was definitely a big change that uh, took the better part of probably a, a year and a half to two years to really get dialed in. Now, during your freshman year, you got to play at Fenway Park at the frozen Fenway game. Uh, talk about the experience against Maine. I was at that game and it was the coldest game I've ever been a part of. I was losing. My hands were like so dry. Just talk about your experience playing Maine in that game. Yeah, that was sweet. Um, Anybody really knows what Fenway Park is. I'm a big Minnesota Twins fan and baseball fan, so I know what Fenway is, of course. And um, that is still the only time I've been to Fenway. I've never seen a baseball game there. I've only been there for a hockey game, which is kind of funny. But, yeah, the game didn't go the way we we had hoped, but the the experience was – pretty sweet to be able to walk out um, through the dugouts and onto the field and get to play outside there in front of the green monster is pretty sweet. And uh, as cold as it was, the ice conditions weren't the greatest, but um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to be out there to play. Now, during your freshman year, you got to play with one of the best UConn players of all time in Tage Thompson. Talk about being his teammate and what was it like to play with him? And just talk about that one timer he has, because it's always lethal even today in the AHL. Yeah, he has one of the best shots I've ever seen for sure. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a great kid. I uh, got to know him really well uh, like when I moved out there for the summer leading into freshman year. And 
um, yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun to be around. He's a young kid at heart. Um, you know, he's kind of the same age as me. He's only, he's only two months older than I am. Um, so it was nice to be the same age as him uh, and then get to just get to play with him. He's one of the most talented kids, especially at six, five or six, six, whatever he is, he's a giant, but um, to be able to play with him and uh, just, you know, get to work with him. It's, it was really fun and it was really cool. Now, during your sophomore year, you had a very similar run to what you had this past season. Uh, talk about that sophomore year run, beating some of those top-ranked teams like Providence and Boston, uh, Boston University, and especially that game where Maxim Matunov got that great backhand goal to basically solidify your playoff spot. Yeah, I think the, the story of that season was just we had so many uh, older guys that were so committed to that program, um, and all they wanted to do was just win. Um, they didn't really care how, so – you know, just to have, yeah, I think we graduated 10, 11, or 12 seniors that year. So the, the leadership on that team was bar none and guys bought in and everybody bought in. And, you know, Letty obviously equally as talented as Tage and uh, as a playmaker. So, um, yeah, that, was, that that place erupted when that goal happened. And um, it was really cool to be a part of that team and uh, be a part of, uh, which I think was the top finish in Hockey East for UConn. Yeah, you got to play Boston University in the Hockey East quarterfinals. Uh, what did that mean to you, especially since it was the furthest UConn has ever made in the Hockey East playoffs? And I was at that game as well, and there was more UConn fans than there was Boston University yeah. fans. It was a pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah, the UConn fans traveled well that weekend. It was really cool to see. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's that's the way hockey goes sometimes, and it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, even though we thought that um, we played two really solid hockey games. and. Um, that's the way it works, but uh, the, the guys, that season was a lot of fun just because of the, the, the team was so tight-knit and the, the relationships um, that I had with each guy on that team, it was, it was a real pleasure to be a part of that experience. Yeah, and talk a little bit more about Maxim Latunov because he's probably one of the most underrated UConn hockey players ever. What was he like as a teammate? And talk about his shot as well because it was pretty cool. And he also got his first NHL goal recently a few months mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max was a great kid. Uh, I'd love to hang out with him and also got to know him really well in the summer leading up and uh, I kind of hung out with that crew um, and Max and Tage and um, that class a little more than uh, most. So I got to develop a really good relationship with them and Max stayed a couple more years in Tage. So um, I got to play with them um, more and it was a lot of fun and the, uh, more so than anything, his playmaking abilities uh, as a center is uh, I mean, it's one of the best I've ever been on the ice with. And um, the way he plays the game, is he's super smart and skilled. And, and, yeah, he's got a heck of a shot as well. Now, during your junior year, you got to play in Northern Ireland. Uh, talk about that experience and getting to play overseas. Yeah, that was sweet. Um, I had never been to Ireland before. Um, and just getting to see Dublin and uh, Trinity College there in downtown Dublin and um, and then moving up to Belfast and playing at the only hockey rink in Ireland, all of Ireland. Um, and just the, the, the atmosphere from the fans was crazy to see. And, um, and then just to be able to experience uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland, it was crazy. Um, and, yeah, it's, ever since then it's been a place I wanted to go back to just because of how much fun it was to be out there. Now, was there adjustment playing in that game? Because the arena seemed a lot bigger than most college hockey rinks. And also, there was a ton of advertisements on the ice. Did that have any effect uh, to your game at all? Yeah, it is a little different. I want to say that uh, that was an Olympic-sized rink, I'm pretty sure. So it is a little bigger. Um, 
similar to like something that UMass or New Hampshire has. And um, so we're, we're lucky enough to be able to play on those league ranks in UMass and New Hampshire. So we had some experience on the Olympic ice, but um, yeah, it's, it's different with a little more advertisement and logos and whatnot on the ice and um, just adjusting to the whole thing in general uh, was, it was tricky, but it was a lot of fun. It was well worth it. Now you also got to play in Vegas your junior year as well. Uh, what was it like to play there and to play in the NHL rink, especially? Yep. Also my first time in Vegas. Um, and that was, again, that was unreal. You have to stay on the strip um, and then play at the brand new T-Mobile arena. It was, um, that, that facility is beautiful. And um, again, a tournament that didn't go the way we wanted to, but um, I had a lot of family that came to watch and, uh, it was really cool to be able to have them out there and play in such a sweet facility and a obviously fun location. So another place I'd love to go back to after being there. Now your team didn't make the playoffs your junior year. Uh, what do you think went wrong and what could have you done to improve that season? Because you guys kind of figured it out towards the end and you had a lot of freshmen come in that year as well. Yeah, I mean, it was we were a young, inexperienced team and um, that's the way it goes. I think, you know, we it just took a little longer for things to click and, and that can happen. And, um, you know, but nobody did anything wrong or, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. Um, I would say, in my opinion, we just, things took a little longer to click and it was a little too late. And, um, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes, but uh, that, that team battled more than any team I've ever been on uh, with just the, the situation and the way the season went that year. The, uh, it was a group of guys that never gave up for sure. Now, in your senior year, you got to co-captain with Ben Freeman. Uh, talk about what type of leadership you wanted to bring, and what was it like to co-captain with him as well? And are you more of a vocal or a lead-by-example type of player? Yeah, I think uh, me and Freeze were both more lead-by-example guys. Um, I was maybe a little more vocal than him, but um, it was a good uh, a good mesh between the two of us because he works harder than almost anyone I know, and um, including Sasha and, Kar- and Karashik, um, both every all guys that work harder and they do all the little things um but yeah that me and ben just kind of wanted to bring a, a hard hat lunch pail work hard mentality type of uh, uh mentality to the game and uh, we just wanted to get the guys to uh, just do the right things and do them to the best of their ability and uh, show up every day and enjoy doing it and uh, yeah and just give everything we can uh to try and help the younger guys because we were still a younger team at that point and just to try and help them get acclimated as quick as possible and kind of get the ball rolling as quick as possible, learning from the year before. And um, I think, I think the way, you know, things went for us senior year besides the way it ended um, was pretty much what we wanted. Yeah. And uh, you got, you guys went on a big run towards the end of the season. You beat Northeastern and some other ranked opponents. Uh, talk about that run that your team made towards the end of the year and, what did, how was it different than the one you had your sophomore year? Um, yeah, I think it was just it was just the way things worked for us, and we found we kind of found our stick. Um, you know, we kind of found what worked for us in those back-to-back weekends of uh, beating UMass and then uh, sweeping BU. There, it was just kind of something we found that worked, and the guys really bought into it, um, and they really after you know, those two big wins over those teams to kind of just prove to ourselves that um, one, that we can beat anyone in the conference and two, that what we want to do the way we want to play, it works. So um, not that that was any different from sophomore year. It was just uh, obviously a different crew and um, 
different situations, but yeah, it was the final run was just a, a matter of guys buying into the way we wanted to play the whole year and obviously getting some puck luck and some bounces here and there and whatnot. And uh, Tomas playing great in, in between the pipes. It, it was just uh, things were really starting to come together. Yeah, I thought the quote Mike Cavanaugh made after that BU one was, you talked about how some of the leadership didn't want to split series, especially last year when you guys split BU. You won a good home game and then lost the second game on the road. I thought that was an interesting comment. He said that was the difference between some of the teams that you guys had was you weren't settling on splitting series. You wanted to sweep series and you wanted to improve that way. Just talk about that quote and just that game against BU because that was probably the best UConn hockey game I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. Um, we wanted to go in there and we wanted to command the play and we wanted to uh, just demand everything from the team and from the guys um, because we were sick of playing a good solid game and then the next night, um, you know, kind of choking away points in a sense because we know we can beat them obviously. So um, that was just a, it was just an all out effort to do everything we can um, to go home with four points that weekend and, uh, yeah, I think coach hit it right on top of the head it was that whole locker room wanted those four points for the weekend. And um, we showed up that night and we did, we certainly commanded the way the game was going. Now talk about that major upset your team had against UMass on your senior night. What did that mean to you since it was your final home game, but also just the game itself uh, coming back and winning that game late in the third period? Yeah, it was, I still tell people probably one of my favorite hockey experiences. Um, the heck of a crowd in Hartford that night. And for that to be the last home game I played there was a pretty decent way to go out, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it was, again, just a, just a gutsy effort, uh, an all-out effort from the guys. And um, just kind of the way I was describing, we found our our shtick was we're just not going to stop coming at you and we're just not going to – we're not going to stop. And that was kind of the mentality that we brought. And, um you know, obviously two goals in the last minute and a half to win the game against the number eight team in the country is a big win. And then just to be able to have it uh, with the guys that we spent four years, um, a lot of days and nights in the gym and at the rink uh, for that program was, was a special way to be able to leave the XL Center for sure. Now you're supposed, you were supposed to play Maine in the Hockey East uh, quarterfinals this year before everything got shut down because of COVID. Uh, where did you find out and what was your reaction knowing that you played your final game with the UConn jersey on? Yeah, we were um, – we had a practice on like a Wednesday or Thursday morning. I can't remember, but uh, we just had a, a warm-up practice because we didn't want to get up there and practice. So we practiced first. And um, at the time, we had, we had an idea because some things were starting to cancel. So it was kind of like – gee, I hope they don't cancel it. Like, at least we can play with no fans or something like that. And, um, so we practiced and whatnot. And then when we got off the ice, uh, we were told to uh, go get lunch and then come back to the rink because our AD said we can't get on the bus until he lets, until he gives us the green light because they were in discussions about what was going to happen. So uh, we were all packed up, kind of just sitting at the players' lounge at, at the practice rink there. And... Um, I think it was someone tweeted or something that the hockey's playoffs had been canceled. And uh, I remember me and Sasha were at the rink and the other seniors were still grabbing lunch or something. And uh, coach Cap pulled us into his room and he told us, and um, yeah, it was obviously heartbreaking. We both 
Sasha and I both just got up out of the room and kind of stepped outside and because we didn't really have anything to say and it was just tough to have something like that rip out from us when um, with nothing we can control which looking back now is obviously the right thing to do and uh, people's health is far more important than the hockey's playoffs but um, in the time in the moment it was super tough to handle and it was a very tough uh, week following that um, just trying to get over it and you know, I, I had a quote at the end of the year that said, nope, we don't want to leave until they throw us out of the building. And I, I guess they didn't, but COVID did throw us out of the building. So, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, we left that program as, as best shape as we possibly could. And uh, we could look ourselves in the mirror and say that. So that helped getting over it. But, yeah. Now, what do you take away from your time at UConn? And do you think uh, UConn gets overlooked a lot, at least in the Hockey East polls, because they're ranked seventh uh, for this preseason poll? Uh, what do you take away from your time at UConn and where do you hope to see the program in the next four to five years? Uh, just, I just took away the, you know, the, the never take a day off. Um, nothing's going to be given. Everything's earned. And, uh, you know, we have a, we have a quote in our locker room that says treat the custodian like you treat the CEO and something like that sticks with me because you just never know who someone is or where they came from or anything. So you treat everyone with the utmost respect and, um, just uh, being able to mature for four years in that program uh, was super special to me. And um, yeah, I, I, I hope nothing but the best for that program. And I'm probably a little biased and I would say that they get overlooked, but that's something that in our locker room, we, we would use as motivation and we kind of liked it. So, um, you know, we always said uh, we don't get any respect at UConn and, and that's okay. We're not asking for it. We don't want to ask for it. Um, it's something we use as motivation and, um, and that's and it's okay what people want to think and, and that's fine and we know that everybody's entitled to their own opinion and that that isn't official so um i am biased for that but yeah i hope that that program takes nothing but giant steps in the right direction and, and they definitely have the staff and the talent at, at that university to be able to do it now i want to talk a little bit about some of the teammates you got to play with uh, the first one is Ruslan Asakov because he probably has the best hands in college hockey. He was always buzzing around the ice. I loved watching him play. What was it like to be his teammate? And uh, also talk about you played with a lot of Russian players. Jan Kuznetsov was a freshman when you were senior, as long with uh, Vladislav Firstov. Just talk about the diversity your team had mm -hmm. and getting to play with those three guys. Yeah, I got to meet Ruslan in the summer leading into his freshman year. And um, he lived with me for a little bit in the summer when he was still getting acclimated to the school. And um, I played in the Foxborough League up in Massachusetts with former player Miles Gender, and so I would bring Ruslan up there, and um, so I got to know Ruslan really well, and um, got got him to open up to me a little quicker than maybe everyone else. But yeah, Ruslan's a heck of a kid, um, super smart, even for not for even for not being like English's first language. The kid is brilliant, and he's probably one of the most naturally gifted hockey players I've ever been on the ice with, for sure. Um, and he's going to have a heck of a career. And, um, yeah, just I had never really played with foreign kids to an extent. Um, so it was cool to be at UConn where we had a lot of foreign kids. Um, and Jan and Vlad was drafted by the Wild, which is my hometown team. So that was cool to be able to experience something like that. And, um, yeah, they're, they're all just – they're great kids. And um, the the Europeans, those they do have a little different mindset in the way things work. But – Boy, the kids we had on our team were just unbelievably talented hockey players and then great guys to hang out with and be around. And, um, yeah, it's, it's also really cool just to experience, you know, the way 
they do things uh, and their culture and their habits and whatnot. And we were, we did something, uh, I think it was my senior year. We did like meals around the world or whatever we did. So we had meals from the Czech Republic for Tomas and Yakum, And then we had Russian dinners for the Russian kids. And, um, you know, I think we had a, a fish and chips or something for the, for Brad Stone from England. And so it was cool to be able to do stuff like that. And um, I think it really opens your eyes to what they're going through because I could not imagine putting myself in the middle of Moscow and going to school right now and trying to play hockey. Yeah. I heard Vladislav first off's nickname is Vladdy daddy. Is that true? <laughs> uh, I think he probably has quite a few nicknames, but yeah, that was one of them. It just kind of, it just kind of rang and it stuck and, uh, he loved it, and, and you know he's got a really good sense of humor. So, but yeah, that is definitely one of his nicknames. Now you also got to play with Carter Turnbull. We had him on the podcast. He's one of the best dudes ever. What was it like to play with him? Because he's he's very underrated. He scored a sick goal last week against UMass as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. That was a great goal. And yeah, Carter's a great kid, and one of the nicest kids I've ever met, and also a super smart kid, and I'm very respectful. And uh, yeah, you know he's obviously a smaller guy and sometimes those smaller guys kind of get overlooked, but he's one of the hardest workers. He's probably one of the best, if if not the best athletes on, um, on the team. And uh, he's super strong and he's always usually top three in, in the off ice testing. And um, he just works, he works his butt off. And um, yeah. And then the way, I mean, if you watch him play one game, you understand what kind of player is he flies around and he's just a pest out there. And then he can put the fuck in the back of the net. And he proved that last year with being the, tied for first and leading goals with Sox. So, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to play with him, and he makes he definitely makes the players around him better. Now we're in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. My first question is, what is the best pizza in stores? There's a huge consensus going on. Tomas Vomashka said Blaze, but what is your opinion on that? Blaze is probably what most people would say. I wasn't personally a huge fan of Blaze. Um, I don't know why. I had it a few times, and it's good pizza, but um, – I'm a pretty generic guy. I'm a big Domino's fan, and they have Domino's in stores. So if I got pizza, my roommate and I, Justin Howell, we would oftentimes get some Domino's. Now, staying on the flavor of food, uh, what is the best ice cream flavor at the dairy bar? Boy, I don't even know. I'm a pretty traditional cookies and cream guy. It's tough to be cookies and cream, in my opinion. Nice. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oof. Um, that's a tough question. I don't know. Um, that's one you got to prepare for. Off the top of my head, maybe someone like Tiger Woods, or you know, I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan, and um, just what what he's done in his athletic career, and uh, or someone like Kobe Bryant, same thing. Um, it would be fantastic to see their perspective on the way they. Um, approached their profession because they're obviously two of the greatest in in their respective sports and they're uh, both really well known for their work ethics and uh, the way they did things so I think it'd be really cool to talk to them. Now the semester is ending in college but in your time what was the hardest class you have ever had to take? Statistics is a tough class that's for sure that was that was a tough one um yeah, I don't know. Any 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 math class you put out there is, is going to be a tough one, especially for me. I'm not a math guy. I'm not one either, so I can't <laughs> agree on that. Now, final non-hockey question is, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oof. 
I don't know. I'm a pretty clean guy, so messy, messy stuff around around the house or, or dishes and whatnot. I can get annoying and I might nerd sometimes, but not too much. I try to stay relaxed. Yeah, definitely. Now back to some hockey questions. Uh, what advice would you give younger players trying to pursue D1 hockey? Um, you know, what you see today with the social media and whatnot, it's uh, just, just keep, just keep going. Even if you're not one of the kids being tweeted about, posted about, um, recruited even for that matter, just keep pushing. It doesn't, you don't have to be noticed um, by the Joe Schmoes in the rink or the average Joe's in the corner of the rink filming or whatnot. You don't need to be noticed by them. Um, and if you're good enough, they're going to find you. So just keep pushing and just keep making yourself better because you will get noticed. Now, what should I do better to improve as an interviewer and make this podcast better? I don't know. You were, you were pretty spot on in my opinion. Um, yeah, you had some good questions and you were, you were prepared. So I don't, you're, you're rocking with a good podcast in my opinion. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I'm a big UConn fan. So I knew a little bit, a little more about the team than probably most people would. Good. Well, we appreciate the fans, man. We got the best fans in the country. I'm confident in that. I agree with you on that. Now, is there any shout outs you'd like to give to any of your former teammates or family members before we let you go? Um, yeah, you know, obviously every guy that I played at uh, UConn with, um, it was a pleasure and uh, I'm fortunate enough to be invited to some weddings with some former teammates there this, uh, this coming summer. So that's exciting. Congratulations to those guys like Derek Pratt, Paige, Rob, uh, Steve Thulin, you know, the guys like that, Miles Gendron. Um, it'll be exciting to be able to get back to those, uh, get to those weddings and kind of hang out with those guys and then the guys that are there now. Um, you know, I, I don't know what things are like. They seem pretty hectic right about now, but just keep pushing, and I'm hoping they get to play a full season. Yeah, I do too. They played well last weekend. They got the shootout win against UMass. Yeah. Kale had that great goal, so I'm hoping the best for them as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Wyatt. I really appreciate it. I wish you nothing but the best for your season in the AHL, and take care. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.